I want the people working here to actually have really excellent health when they retire so they can enjoy their retirement, so they can be able-bodied and travel, play with their grandchildren. And how can we make that happen? And again, it's about creating that culture. It's about That's Andrea Nutsch, new mom, athlete, and employee wellness coordinator at Kaiser Permanente in Vallejo. In this episode, she shares not just her love for fitness, but also the real struggles she faces as a working mom and the hacks she's created to cope. Andy is a spark for health, fitness, and wellness, and she has a love for her community that is undeniable. Check out the resources and the ideas she has to share on our show notes. Let's go. Are you ready? You are now listening to the Solano Fit Podcast. Featuring health and fitness to change your life and inspiration to live your best. Here's your host, Hans O. Johnson. We're with the wonderful Andy Notch, health and employee wellness extraordinaire. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So before every episode, we like to get to know you a little bit better. We have our favorite seven things in 10 seconds. Do you think you can do it? Yes. Seven favorite things in 10 seconds. Here we go. Favorite vegetable? Uh, Butternut squash. Favorite exercise? Running. Color? Green. Song? Tick, 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 tick. Come on, oh gosh, I'm blanking. Um, I was <laughs> going to say first aid kit, silver lining. Uh, favorite food? I would have to say uh, stir fries. Favorite book? Mm. <laughs> I'll say Shantaram. And favorite movie? Goodness. You know, it's dorky, but I have to say The Fifth Element. I used to watch the movie quite a bit. It's been a while, but... <laughs> oh, wow. Well, The Fifth Element, that was uh, Bruce Willis and the girl with orange hair and the white yeah, head outfit. The supermodel, something with an M. Yes. I love sci-fi fantasy movies. That was a great one. So are you a sci-fi fan, or was it just that movie that you liked? I'm a little bit of a sci-fi fan, but that movie had great comedy and just really awesome. Yeah, that's right. Chris Tucker was it. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. (laughs) That was a funny one. Excellent, excellent. We know that you're in public health and we know that you are the employee wellness coordinator at Kaiser, but tell us your story about fitness. How did you get into all this? So I come from a really physically active family, at least on my dad's side. He was like an ultra marathon runner and he basically was running marathons before they were popular. Um, wow. I think there's just a lot of energy on that side of the family. Maybe they say undiagnosed ADHD, but uh, <laughs> physical activity makes us feel good. And I think my brother and I both caught that wind playing soccer from a young age and always did physically active things with my dad on the weekends. And that love of soccer helped me get into college, continued playing it there you know, kind of got out of the intramural sports, although I was playing on Mare Island for a while in their indoor uh, league, which was fun. I need to get back into that. But yeah, so I've just always kind of run in my off time. I did a few triathlons, so swimming is something I enjoy, but don't do as much. But I do go to the Hartwood pool every once in a while. They have free swim from 5 to 7 a.m., so that's a good perk of living in Vallejo. Sounds like a big part of your life. Yeah. So, you know, I just notice if it's been more than a week and I haven't really been as active as I usually am, I feel a little bit more irritable and down and I, it definitely impacts my mental health. So 
that's kind of my story behind fitness. It's kind of necessary for my functioning as I think it was with my dad or is with him. Yeah. What a great role model for something so healthy. Yeah. And luckily it's also a big part of weight management, which has been my work for many years. I was a health educator with Kaiser for about three years before I came on full time here in Vallejo. As we know, you know, diet is important, but physical activity is as well. So yeah, we got to practice what we preach as health educators. How does sports and soccer dovetail into your study of public health? So I think just my interest in health in general, you know, personally knowing the background between the emotional health and physical health, but also with regard to the the weight management piece, I think in college actually is when it that's where the path got straightened out for me. I met so many young women who kind of had disordered eating or had issues with their weight. I knew I wanted to go into health education then, and it was kind of a roundabout path. I actually started as a child nutrition educator, which now as a new mom, you know, I'm so grateful for that work because it really um, trained me in so many ways, not just about nutrition, but also child development and child care licensing. Now that I have to put my kid in care, I kind of know what to look for because I was sort of an auditor of the child nutrition world. So kind of a roundabout path, but I finally got to where I wanted to go. And then I really was interested in workplace wellness as well. Um, just right. working in these different corporate environments. I worked at Cigna. I worked at Travis Air Force Base. I worked at Alameda County Public Health. I definitely like my dad, uh, maybe this ADD thing runs in the family. I just was never really settled <laughs> until recently when I got to Kaiser and Napa Solano full-time. And now you're full-time workplace wellness. Yeah. So my background is as a health educator, but now I'm running the employee wellness program, which obviously we have many elements of health education, but there's more to it. We have fitness programs here and do weekend events and just operational kind of wellness, trying to work on that. You, you mentioned earlier disordered eating. Um, you know, one of the things that Solana Fit is so interested in is trying to help residents and community members get healthier through their eating and through physical activity. What are some of the obstacles that you've seen that really keep people from doing so? So I think there's a few parts. One is, unfortunately, nutrition has made itself out to seem so complicated and everyone is looking for the best diet or the best meal plan and really missing just mastering the fundamentals. Hmm. So I really am a fan of Michael Pollan. You know, he has a lot of books out there on Netflix. He, his book, Cooked, which is really fantastic, was turned into a four-part series. But his book, Food Rules and The Omnivore's Dilemma and In Defense of Food, it's really just about, you know, eat the foods your grandmother would eat, you know, how to eat, be a condiment, eat more plants, how to build your plate. And I think Kaiser does a great job at, you know, their infographics with what does a healthy plate look like. And I do, they're a little bit more progressive. I like how they differentiate between starchy vegetables and grains, how they're kind of categorized the same. That is kind of an issue we have is just our infatuation and love of starchy foods. And mm -hmm. they're not the, the demon. I definitely don't support low carb diets and Keto diet is all over the place in health ed. And, you know, we have had patients come into the ER with renal failure here. So there are dangers to these more fad diets. You know, really what the research shows, Kaiser supports a plant-based eating model. There's no evidence that doesn't support eating more plants as part of a path to improved health. So focusing your meals around plants is really kind of the gold standard. And then just being selective with, with your proteins, but keeping it simple, just getting those right. But that goes to another barrier about cooking and having time. As a new mom, I empathize with this more than ever. 
but I still am able to get dinner on in 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Um, clean up, you know, that's an issue. Sometimes yeah. dishes pile up in your sink. That's a good consequence for having better health. You know, sometimes they don't get done until the weekend and, you know, my mother-in-law <laughs> might not like that, but hey. And how have you dealt with eating out? Um, there are some bad weeks where we eat out more than I would like to. Um, and of course, that requires just being more selective, choosing the healthier options. I was really impressed. We ended up going to the habit. I rarely ever, ever eat fast food. But they had a cool power salad, kind of like the pan, uh, Panera salads that had kale and quinoa. And, you know, I feel like the fast food companies are obviously responding to the market demands and they do have healthier options. So for the folks who really don't have the time or the space, you know, and do eat out more, it's just about trying to build those healthy plates with majority of vegetables, just a little bit of, of protein, trying to avoid the red meat and then focusing on whole grains. With all the obstacles that are out there, whether it's socio-eco stuff, whether it's cultural stuff, whether it's living in a, dare I say, an obesogenic environment, it's like there's still a way towards health if a person can make that a priority, if they can see some light at the end of the tunnel with their current practices now. And, and you mentioned being a new mom. And so there's nothing like being a new mom, or there's nothing like a new baby to take up all your time and to really kind of change your priorities when it comes to self-care. Have you noticed a big shift? It has completely changed my life. Uh, the self-care, the, the, yeah. the health part. I mean, way more work than I thought it'd be, honestly. And I think just, you know, as someone who works full time, you get home from work and, you know, the mom guilt is always there. You don't want to say, hey, hon, I'm going to go to the gym, watch Augustine when I've been gone all day. Up until, you know, he was about nine months old, that's when you could successfully put a kid in a jogging stroller where it's safe for their neck. So I would diligently walk with him. I mean, it's time to just combine your fitness with spending time with your child. I watched, I actually went to some of the baby yoga classes of Vallejo Yoga Studios, so I learned some tips. Shout out to Vallejo Yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vallejo right. Yoga is great. So yeah, just like ways to engage with them um, while lifting them up in different ways to get your arm strength going on or doing shoulder presses, overhead presses with them. Um, but definitely, you know, those those ergo carriers and the baby carriers make it a lot easy to get your steps in with, you, with your baby while they're looking at the world and looking at you. Mm. And all this sounds great, but once I went back to work when he was five months old, then it became a matter of energy. I really don't have the desire to exercise after work like I used to. So honestly, you know, the only times I could exercise are at work. Working out at work is super healthy. Yeah. In the workplace wellness world, beginning physical activity breaks during the day increases your levels of happiness, improves your sleep, which we're all deficient on, which also impact our waistlines. And it also helps you more be more productive at work. So, you know, we're very lucky here at Kaiser Vallejo. We have five days a week of fitness classes during the lunch hour wow. for employees who um, have their hospital badge. There is a gym here as well that physical therapy manages, and it's actually open 24-7. Cool. So even if you just go up there for 10 minutes, you know, I'll just do a little bit on the bike and maybe lift some weights. I, I do want to do a shout out to resistance training, because I do feel like that is kind of a missing link for weight management. Totally. Uh, guidelines, as you know, um, recommend two days a week of resistance exercises. And it doesn't have to be crazy. I have a few YouTube videos that I watch all the time that guide me through it. So YouTube is amazing. You don't need a gym membership. I try to, you know, <laughs> lift weights and, right. you know, you feel so much better when you're done. It doesn't take a long time. Even just 10, 15 minutes does a trick for me. 
and it increases your basal metabolic rate, so you're burning more calories while at rest. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, despite the difficulty, there are still ways. And even with the obstacles of, of being a new mom, and you're still new, there's only, what, 17 and a half years to go. <laughs> <laughs> and or more kids, if more kids come into the equation, right? It can be a challenge. But you mentioned this thing about doing, making small moves, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and not necessarily having to beat yourself up for it a complete hour, even if your workout has changed. Yeah, and that's a huge message that I send to the healthy weight participants here at Kaiser is that the research shows that, you know, ideally we want to accumulate at least 30 minutes of aerobic activity five days out of the week, so 150 minutes. That's for weight maintenance, though. A lot of people don't know for weight loss, we need at least 200 up to 250 minutes a week, which is basically 30 plus minutes every day of the week. It sounds intimidating to a lot of people, but research shows that when you break down your physical activity intervals, at least seven to 10 minutes counts as you accumulate those minutes. That's um, helpful. So yeah, just seven minutes here and there. I, uh, definitely my family, we are pretty good at going for a walk after dinner. And for people who have prediabetes or diabetes, that's actually really recommended because the blood gets absorbed through your muscles that are being activated. Mm -hmm. Maybe going for a walk before you hit go into work during your lunch break at the end of the day. There you go. There's your 30 minutes. It didn't feel like work. So lots of barriers, but, but the time shouldn't be one of them because we can break it up in small pieces. You mentioned about not having a gym membership, and I know that sometimes that that can be a major impediment. I mean, just the whole, you know, I don't have money um, or gym is too far. Maybe you don't like the gym culture. There are a lot of men and women that just aren't cool with at least the persona of gyms, the idea that yeah. gyms are, whether they be meat markets or even I've heard, um, oh, you know, I have to lose weight to be accepted there, or I have to fit in basically at the gym, but there are other things to do that are still beneficial for your own personal health. And you mentioned walking, and I'm so glad you did because that's another, while it's not necessarily resistance, if you take a hill, it's resistance. If you walk yeah. up an incline on the treadmill, it's resistance. I mean, there are ways to kind of even hack that, but walking is another low impact, super low cost way to add some fitness in into the rest of your life. Yeah, adding fitness. And I mean, Hippocrates said walking is man's best medicine. It's been right. known for centuries that it's good for the aerobic physical activity, walking in outdoor spaces and seeing, mm. you know, the green trees. It's good for reducing rates of anxiety and depression. Um, so, so many benefits of walking and, you know, being able to connect with your partner or just using it for mindfulness. We talk a lot about emotional well being here at work and with the intention of having a mindful walk is really powerful too. trying not to think about what just happened today or what you're doing tomorrow, but really just being observant of the environment around you. Mm -hmm. We try to walk here at work as well as a department and have walking challenges during the year. You know, and a lot of people discount this sometimes, but the time we spend at work makes up so much of our day. And you've been able to, because of the benefits from Kaiser, to kind of use some of the resources to stay healthy and to stay fit. I don't think people actually realize how much time they're spending at work. And so for a company like Kaiser or for some or, or the many others who are starting to really invest or who have been investing in their employees, what kind of trends do you see? I mean, is this something that is kind of spreading employee wellness programs? Is this something that that more businesses are getting more keyed into? So there's, you know, still a debate around the kind of effectiveness of workplace wellness. There's a lot of different models. For example, where my mom works at St. Joseph Health System, they have employees do a biometric screening every year and they take a health risk assessment and they get money deposited in their bank account. Wow. Yeah. 
anywhere between a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per employee just to do a health risk assessment to catch people when they have pre-diabetes before they get to diabetes and so you know to kind of have early intervention however research shows that that doesn't really change behavior people just do their biometric screenings and do their health risk assessments and don't change their behavior and don't take the advice and they don't get any better but when it comes to trends one thing that that is trending right now is focusing on mental and emotional well-being you know kaiser and cigna both huge insurance companies they're both making waves to highlight that and there's a really fantastic website called findyourwords.org that kaiser manages so in the workplace wellness world kaiser is beefing up their online resources and then locally we have some initiatives planned it is interesting there are so many different models yeah you know i used to work for cigna actually and did a lot of work assessing companies in the silicon valley and oh boy you know, free lunch, free breakfast, free dinner. They just stay on campus all day and work, 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 you know. <laughs> um, but there's a term called the hedonistic treadmill where once you sure. keep offering people something and you take it away, you know, they just want more and more and more. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. The more you offer, the more painful it is to take away and the more kind of people get so used to it that they take that they just aren't grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we're focusing on here at Kaiser locally is, you know, creating a culture of health and a culture of gratitude and appreciation. We mm-hmm. do spend so many hours at work. You are so right about that. Not including the hours that people commute. I swear when I got this job here in Vallejo, you know, for about five years, I was commuting to either Oakland or San Francisco in the traffic or on the ferry, spending money, spending time. I literally feel like my shoulders dropped like half of an inch. When I came here to Kaiser Vallejo, because I live in Vallejo, and it was just such a blessing to get this job. I had been applying and applying and applying, trying to get here. So, you know, the commuting, the the time at work. Yeah, we see these people we work with more than our own family members. Yes. And something, uh, research that I've been looking into a lot is about the relationships at work. And actually, you know, does offering an employee gym or maybe offering free lunch like the companies in Silicon Valley, does that really improve people's wellness? Some research shows that it's the relationships at work. If you have toxic relationships, no matter if you're physically active, even though that does help buffer stress and eat well, that's still going to be eroding at your state of mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, uh, we have a vision here to do more team building and helping communication and leadership development. And again, the fundamental kind of, I think, core is though having a culture of appreciation, a culture of gratitude. There's research that shows that employees who don't feel appreciated, they're more likely to leave. So, mm-hmm. you know, reminding us as individuals, reminding the leaders to really express their gratitude. I think we do a pretty good job here at Kaiser. Yeah. We have a lot of resources. Um, through the employee assistance program on ways to share gratitude. I recognize that people and businesses, you know, we're all kind of in a quandary when it comes to how do you, we know what we're supposed to do, but making the change to do it is the biggest challenge of all. Like you were saying earlier, it's not like, you know, you finish work and you just can't wait to hit the gym or you can't wait to go for a run, especially if you didn't have a habit before. And with all the sitting and with all the commuting, you know, it's quite possible. And then let's be honest, as we age, our bodies aren't as receptive to changes. And so it's quite possible that being in a job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you can start out one way and then actually get 
less healthy just from the habitual habit of sitting or the habitual factors that really create stress in our lives. Oh, and so, totally. yeah, how do you get folks to consider health as a priority before it gets too late, before they get that report from the doctor that if you keep living this way, you're not going to live much longer or, yeah. you know, you're at risk for some sort of heart disease or diabetes. Hey there, listeners. Just wanted to take a quick break to thank you for listening to our young podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please share the episodes with friends or family that may benefit from any of the insights shared. You can also help by leaving us a review on iTunes or the podcast player of your choice. The whole idea behind Solano Fit is to provide you with the relevant and local inspiration to help you live your best. Change and learning something new requires energy. Share with us how we're doing. We're currently working on other partnerships to support you even further. So stay tuned for that. For other news, events, or updates, follow us on IG at Solano Fit, and then make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you get the notifications each time a new episode is released. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. I think companies are in hard spots. Like, do they invest in a gym? Do they do the free lunches? There's so many ways they can do it, and the models are all different. And yet, at a very basic level, each individual person has to create their own recipe for how they take care of themselves. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the mental health piece because the body affects the mind and the mind affects the body. And there's kind of this, this circuit and you can't really think that one part can be healthy and the other one not be connected to that same health, right? It's all together. And how we're dealing with stress and how we're dealing with those relationships affect how we perform in the workplace, not just in the workplace, but how we perform in our life. Yeah, I'll just go back. You had mentioned about, you know, as we get older and being at work and these these habits are hard to change. I, I'm part of like the Stanford Wellness Coalition. And one of the speakers is doing a session on um, dying to get a paycheck and how oh, wow. we're, all, we're all working. And, you know, at retirement, a lot of us are really not in good health as we retire. I've seen it personally here. I actually, there's a few retirees who go to our fitness classes still. And this one woman is so inspirational and she was sharing with me how she's lost 50 pounds and her blood sugar has gone down. She's still diabetic, but managing it better. And she said it was because she retired and she has time to exercise now. <laughs> and that made me so sad to hear that because I want the people working here to actually have really excellent health when they retire so they can enjoy their retirement, so they can be able-bodied and travel and play with their grandchildren and how can we make that happen and again it's about creating that culture it's about normalizing being physically active there's a lot of research that shows that when you see your manager in spandex you might be more likely to wear spandex <laughs> but how can we get the real leaders of our organization that being role models for health you know so it's coming from the top down but also from the bottom up just you know supporting each other having this honest dialogue mm -hmm. about the importance of physical activity and, and being healthy um, but then going back to what you said you know everyone has to have their personal kind of formula and everyone is different recognizing that it's, it's complex you know we need the messages from the media we need need the celebrities out there saying it we need the leaders of our organization saying it and then the wonderful community that you serve I think it's great the work you're doing and Tony, um, you know, and all just coming together to continue doing that. I, the message is never going to get old. We just need to keep going out there and getting the word out. Yeah. In fact, I was listening. I think I was reading something a while back that um, the two most dangerous years of your life are the year you're born and then the year you retire. Huh? So it's, it's great to hear that someone is making strides post-retirement. But you're so right. What is it? Dying to earn a paycheck. 
what's it worth if you're miserable all the way through, right? You give your best years to a company when you're, you're, you're mid to late 20s, and now you're looking at 50, upwards of 62, and you've been beaten down for it. You know, how can we begin to really enthuse people to do some of those small things we were talking about earlier, like take a little bit out, do a little bit of walking, do something you love, reconnect with something that's important yeah. to you. Taking advantage of the resources at your workplace, and it's not equitable. Obviously, we at Kaiser have more resources than someone at a nonprofit here in town. Sure. But then also looking at your community resources, I'm part of the bike and kayak group, Vallejo. I mean, there's free or reduced income options to go kayaking here. All yeah. the meetup.com groups. One of our physicians actually runs a walking and running group at Benicia State Park on meetup.com. He just wants people to get together. There's so many cool, you know, the Solano Land Trust and all of their free uh, hikes out there. Again, creating that culture, like get out there and, and be physically active. And I think you know, continuing to put out stories like you do about how it feels great. You feel better. These success stories that people have. I've tried to capture wellness stories here at work. We have a YouTube channel for our employee wellness program. And, you know, that sense of self-efficacy or the belief mm -hmm. that we can do it. If we don't believe we can do it, we're not even going to try. So seeing mm -hmm. more people that look like us, that talk like us, that work in a place like us, yes. if she can do it or he can do it, then I can do it. So publishing more wellness stories, connecting people with these resources in the community. Um, since not everybody does have the time to work out during their lunch break, or maybe they're just meeting after meeting after meeting, which is sad, but so for some people, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. You know, finding those 10 minute breaks in between, like we talked about, taking advantage of the meditation apps between meetings or between patients, you know, physicians. I'm also part of the physician health and wellness group. You mm -hmm. know, burnout is a real issue. It's a real issue impacting physicians and, and you know, frontline staff. You know, sometimes in public health, we focus on one section of the population, but health is important for everyone. For everyone, whether you're making a lot of money or whether you're making little money, when you talk of dying to get a paycheck, this is what people are facing, whether they know it or not. Don't take your youth for granted when you're piling on years and years of stress and years of commute or work, you know, like it's going to catch up with you. And in Solano County, you know, whatever our particular formula is, we have some of the highest diabetes in the nine barrier counties and some of the highest uh, obesity as well. And so talking to people like you and, and working with many of the other trainers out there, the talented folks who run gyms or programs or who are just inspiring by their own story, that's part of what Solana is trying to do. Take those stories, amplify them so that we can be a part of what you're doing, Andy, and, and helping to create more of a culture of health for the entire community. Well, you're doing great work. I'm so grateful I got a chance to talk with you today about this. Yeah, yeah. Very fun. Very fun. So for our last question, Andy, if you could change one thing in the world to make it a healthier and happier place, what would it be? I think I would go back to the nuclear family model. I really oh. feel that as a, as a working mom, but culturally, Americans are so independent and want to do everything by themselves. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because you know, we are fortunate to have family nearby that can assist with some of our childcare needs, but I have so many friends that are just doing it on their own and the burden of paying for childcare is so heavy on families. Um, you know, the, the think about if you lived in a kind of multi-generational household, hey, you can all share the burden of going to the grocery store and shopping and cooking and cleaning and really share those responsibilities. I feel like if we all kind of I guess it's not always nu nuclear family, but creating more of a community 
I know some people who do dinner swaps. That's actually the CEO of the old nonprofit I used to work for, the um, Alameda County Coordinating Child Care Coordinating Council, the four C's of Alameda County, similar to the Solano County Child Care Network. She was a busy professional and had a group of six families. They did a meal swap six days out of the week. You know, this group of six people would take the task of making kind of bulk dishes to share. So, you know, whether it's your nuclear family, that's not always possible if we're moving from out of state somewhere, but an easier way to connect and build community because, you know, a lot of the emotional distress is caused by isolation. Social media, it's great. You know, we're connected more, but it is very superficial and people still don't have that sense of fulfillment. So I guess somehow making it easier and taking down the barriers of creating really authentic communities where people feel supported. Um, I find that that really does impact people's health. And as a new mom, you know, you really feel it not having that support group with, with family or friends nearby. So. Yeah, that is, um, it's so insightful because, you know, when you said that I thought of indigenous peoples, older cultures, I thought of seniors living, you know, you said Mm multi-generational where the seniors have a place, the second generation has a place, the third generation has, they're together and they're also working together. And there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's not this separation where, where the senior members are being moved away from the rest of the family mm-hmm. or the kids are being separated some other place. It's family, it's community, it's being together. And yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a real sense that, that some of our, I don't know if it's necessarily Americanism or our American go west young man culture. I don't know, I can't say that per se, but yeah, in our modern day, there is a definite sense of isolation, being by yourself, doing it by yourself, not asking for help. And yeah. if that could change, I think we'd all be much healthier and happier. Yeah, maybe that's the one thing is, is asking for help because the help is there. There are community. I mean, meetup.com has done a great job at bringing people together and, you know, the different Facebook groups out there and, you know, the community resources. But yeah, asking for help and taking the ego aside and actually taking advantage of the resources because they do exist. Health department puts on great events and I know the turnout isn't always what they want. You know, how do we get people not just to find out about the resources, but then to put their ego to the side and actually go. Yeah. So the asking for the help. Um, definitely. That's a good way to summarize it. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. We tried to tackle a big one, workplace wellness and creating a culture of health. It's definitely not an easy task, but it sounds like you're up to it and you're doing wonderful work at Kaiser. I know that you're working not just for the benefit of the employees there, but for the residents and the families all throughout Solano County. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, so. You have just listened to Inspiration to Live Your Best. Now be sure to pass it on by sharing, commenting, and subscribing at SolanoFit.com. Here's what's next. They were called to action to grow food for communities because all the other food being produced was being used to feed the troops. What happened after that was the rise of industrial agriculture, the environmental movement. And so at that time, school gardens, the focus shifted to teaching more about self-reliance.